Snap Judgment's own Stephanie Fu spoke to Christopher Arendt. Chris wasn't like the other kids in his rural Michigan town. He called himself a poet. They called him a faggot. So after graduation, Chris thought the military would be the best option. It would get him out of his podunk town and show everybody. It was about proving something. I wanted to do something manly because I'd been really effeminate my whole life. In 2004, Chris was stationed in Cuba. They drove us to a place called Camp America, and on our way, I saw Guantanamo for the first time. It just smelled like stinking hot humans with the smell like Frank's hot sauce. And I knew what the smell was because it was from the OC spray. It's like a riot control mace spray. The OC spray was layered into their sleeping mats. Their Qurans would have it soaked into the pages. It was on everything. Chris was a guard at Guantanamo Bay, but things got complicated his very first day. So I was just looking in the cell blocks, and I, I looked in, and this one guy had no... He was missing an arm, had a funny, skinny little face, and he looked really young. He looked up at me. He was the first detainee that actually looked at me through the cell, and he started to demand toilet paper. We'd been told very specifically the rules on toilet paper. They can only have eight sheets because of these legendary toilet paper knives that they were allegedly capable of making. MP, MP. He spoke in perfect British accent, so he had a pretty cunning ability to cut me down. I caved, so I gave him all the, the, this big bundle of toilet paper, and he grabbed onto my hand and dropped to the bottom of his cell. And my shoulder's kind of inside this rectangle hole in the cell door. And my head's against the grate, and he's pulling it so that I'm going as far as I can into the hole. And then I looked down at him, and he was just so hateful. I've always done everything I could to make everybody around me happy, and I've never, I've never been hated like that. After that experience, Chris tried to talk to the detainees like he would anyone else. One night, he told a young detainee that if America were invaded by a foreign country, he'd be right there, trying to kick them out. The hallway was miked. A few days later, he was taken off the blocks. Most of the time, he filed papers at a desk job, but often, he had to videotape the disciplinary measures. Just gross usages of physical force. People kicking people, detainees in the face for way too long, beatings that went on forever. 50 or 60 of these things that happened, I had to tape them. That's part of the rules. You know, I never once wrote up a report that said such and such a person used excessive amounts of force during this. Just a lot of times, I just exercised a lot of cowardice. Eventually, the inmate's pain became his own. This detainee in, in Delta Block all night long was just screaming and screaming and screaming about I about nothing. I don't know. I mean, it was in it was in, in Islam, just howling, and it wasn't close to insanity. It was inside insanity. I knew exactly what he was screaming about, no matter what language it was in. I mean, I know, I know, I I I get it. Chris was discharged after a year and flew home to Michigan. When I came back from my deployment, I exhibited an entirely different set of psychological traits than I had before. Chris suddenly found it difficult to stay in one place, to maintain a connection with school, friends, a girl, even a city. So he kept moving. Chris hit the road with a backpack and a few dollars, trying to find freedom. Washington, D.C., Detroit, Wisconsin. Every time I get settled in, I, all I, everything just becomes a cell. My life becomes Camp Delta again, and I just don't like it. Chicago to Denver, San Francisco. Because when Chris is too long to think, his mind tends to wander to a dark place. 
I will be totally frank and not embarrassed to admit that I think about suicide an awful lot. I didn't ever think about this before I had hours sitting in a room thinking about all of the people that I stopped from killing themselves. They, they hung themselves up with sheets inside of their cells and begged and pleaded while we were trying to cut them down to stop, to, to let them just hang there and die. To have to cut somebody down out of killing themselves and, and apologize to them for welcoming them back into the same miserable world that will totally drive a person suicidal. You know, that's, that's a big ass burden. Midway through his American journey, Chris was contacted by Mwatham Beg, a former detainee at Guantanamo. He invited Chris to join him and other detainees in denouncing Gitmo in a speaking tour across Europe. London's a crazy place for an American. I mean, everything was so close, people everywhere. Yeah, the next morning when we were on our way to our first series of interviews, I made a joke about how in the States we like everything big except for our cells, in reference to prison cells, and, and then there was like a dead silence in the car. I got really nervous, so all of a sudden I was like, is it okay to make jokes? I mean, is it? it's a nervous reaction. And I started trying to explain myself, and he started laughing. The panels were composed of a number of former Guantanamo detainees, but Chris was the only guard willing to speak. He did not know most of the detainees. They had been in different blocks. But one day, over dinner, he ran into a familiar face. I, I saw his face, and I was just like, you, you, toilet paper guy. I was just like staring at him, and I was like, I have thought so much about what it would be like to meet you. This is, you are my greatest fear. So we're sitting there at the dinner table and all of a sudden he just goes, I remember you. So I like lit up, I was like, oh my God. And I'm just like staring at him and I'm like, I remember you too. That was our moment. It was more than forgiveness. I feel like there was nothing to forgive. The detainees had suffered so much more than he had, but they were coping in ways he could not. They had a community of support in each other and in their religion that Chris did not understand. I kind of liked that cultural identity, that they had that thing that they just were, you know? Like, I've always been kind of fascinated by people that are something, because I've never found out what it is that I could really call myself other than a veteran or a freak. Six months later, Chris had finally found his community at the Veterans Sanctuary in Ithaca. He worked as the art director there for an organization called Combat Paper, teaching veterans how to pulp their uniforms and turn them into paper and art. Okay, so when you first pulped your uniform, mm -hmm. what did that feel like? Do you remember? Angry. And the emotions that I experience when I'm letting that out of me is not going to be some beautiful thing. My therapy is going to be a hard and difficult and long process. But the work was doing him good. Chris seemed different here. Happy. So you're not leaving here? Mm-mm. No point in it. It's home. He was all smiles when we said goodbye and I flew home. But just three months later, I found out that he was leaving Ithaca, going back to sleeping on people's couches. I found this on his blog. I don't want to heal. I don't want redemption or salvation. I want to feel it. I want to feel the guilt and pain so that I know somebody does. He may be on the open road, but Chris is not free. I remember back to when he told me about a detainee in Guantanamo who stopped him one day. MP, he asked, why am I in this cage? Chris responded, but we are trapped as well just in a bigger cage.
Many, many thanks to Christopher for sharing his story with us at Snap. You've got a lot of people pulling for you, Christopher. Please know this. I want to show some love as well to Justine Sherrocker, author of the book Torture, When Good Soldiers Do Bad Things. And on our site, we're going to have a link to the Veteran Sanctuary. It's a place that welcomes homeless veterans of all stripes, snapjudgment.org. That story was produced by Stephanie Fu. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.